0: Everybody. The NBR Fantasy, Andre Simone, Justin Michael, Kill Sorbel, full crew back together for one last time this fantasy season. Happy holidays, an early happy new year to everyone. And uh, with that in mind, we are here to recap what has been a wacky fantasy season. One that uh, will probably redefine how we rethink some of these positions and uh, priorities in fantasy drafts. But we're here to look back on that and go through position by position, the true MVPs, emphasis on that, the the value in fantasy is everything. And um, there, there's no debating some of the, the value that some of these guys had. And then uh, you guys have some wacky awards, and who knows, we might press each other to give our number one dynasty pick. Going into next year as well. So, uh, what better than that? Welcome, gentlemen. How's everyone feeling? Oh, feeling great. Punched my
2: ticket to uh, my first fantasy championship round in a couple of years yesterday. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, just to give you an idea how wacky this season has been, what ended up getting me to the championship is I uh, made a really bold play yesterday to stack Bengals wide receivers. And I started both Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins yesterday because of the Ravens DB courts corpse being taken out both by uh, both by COVID and injuries. And it ended up paying off in a huge way for me. I got 60 points out of those two guys combined and punched my ticket to the championship. So I'm having a great day.
0: What a strategy, Justin. How are you brother?
1: I'm good, man. I love the holidays. I love bowl season, even though it's, it's kind of getting ravaged by COVID right now. So hopefully some of these high profile bulls are, are able to happen, but I don't know. I'm, I'm a little bit worried given, you know, you had everybody just going home for the holidays and stuff. So it it seems like more cancellations are to come, but hopefully we get the playoff in and all that.
0: Yeah. Um let's get into it. MVPs. Let's start with quarterback. I think I know who you've got, Kale. So I'm gonna start with you. Um again
2: I- most valuable here. Yeah, my MVP of the year is Jalen Hurts. He's been a top three fantasy quarterback, and you probably got him in like the fifth to seventh rounds drafting wise. I mean, he was just an absolute steal this year and a couple of weeks where he was bought the buy for the Eagles came at a really unfortunate time. That one week he missed. I know knocked a bunch of people out, but the guy's Mm -hmm. consistently putting up 20 plus points from the quarterback position one of the highest floors I've seen from a fantasy quarterback. Uh, and the value on him was just insane. Cause you didn't have to use a third round pick on him. Like you did a Lamar or a Josh
0: Allen or a Tom Brady this year. So hard to argue with that one, Justin, I, I'm not sure we're going to find many more valuable alternatives hurts within um, a decimal point of the second highest scoring quarterback on a per game basis, Justin Herber and not that far off Josh Allen's, points per game uh, hurts certainly a revelation here.
1: Yeah, it's just that consistency he brought every week, right? I mean, one, he gives you the rushing component, which is obviously what Kale sold from the beginning, but I think he really surprised people with his passing ability this year and just his consistent accuracy down the field. He's, in my opinion, I mean a legitimate quarterback that you can build around at this point and the Eagles have a ton of draft capital, so I'm kind of interested to see if he can build upon this moving forward. But yeah, I mean, if, if we're talking value picks, Jalen Hurts is, is probably number one of, of anybody in, in the entire league and just a tremendous season. And I'm stoked as, as a guy that rooted for him consistently at Alabama. It's fun to see him succeed at the next level and kind of break some of those criticisms that surrounded his name coming into the league.
2: I mean, don't get me wrong. I think he's still a better fantasy quarterback than he is a real-life quarterback. I don't mm-hmm. think he's I do too, anywhere I think he's sniffing I like a Tier him. 1 quarterback. But yeah, he's a, he's a guy. I think he'll be the Eagles guy for at least the next couple of years as he continues to develop. So, agreed.
0: It'll be an interesting offseason. I think really the only other candidate you'd have here would be Tom Brady. Um, but, you know, because, again, Brady's always going to get a little undervalued in adp situations but really hurts and if you look at his game by game i think uh you're gonna see a little more consistency so there you go not not too many qualms on this one um let's keep it moving and uh i would go to running back and uh justin i'll let you start on this one
1: yeah i went back and forth on this one um i think there's a couple of good choices with guys that we really really undervalued but I ultimately went with uh Cordero Patterson of the Atlanta Falcons yeah. just because yeah. I mean this is a guy that averaged just shy of seventeen points a week and he probably wasn't even drafted in in you know your league coming into the season. I lost a ton of running backs to injury this year, and without him I, I basically would have been just screwed and he gives you some flexibility, right? I mean, it's a new era where you have these guys that are Eligible at multiple positions, and and that's such a benefit because if you're in a tight spot with running back or receiver, you've got this flexible dude that you can just kind of plug and play anywhere. But if we're talking running backs that completely, you know, outplayed expectations, I think he's up there. And the other name I guess I'll throw out would be Leonard Fournette of of Tampa Bay, a guy that I you know pretty much had written off at this point and considered yeah. to be done. I know he had kind of a nice little run there in the playoffs last year but i didn't really expect him to replicate it Averaged about 21.7 points in ppr leagues 260 fantasy points this year so a couple of nice nice performing backs in the nfc south
0: yeah those are two great names i mean my my only
2: my only question there is he he wasn't very good the last couple of weeks can you uh I know he's probably the guy that got you to the playoffs, but can you give MVP to a guy that kind of, for lack of a better term, shit the bed come playoffs.
1: It's a fair criticism, I suppose, but I mean, at the, at considering the value, the, the amount of points that he put and the capital that you had to invest to get that production. I still think he's up there just because like, this is like, this is a guy I picked up before week two for nothing. You know, I, I didn't have to invest anything in him and, he was a starter in my lineup just about every week. So I, I agree that he, he definitely let me down at the end, but that whole Falcons offense just underwhelmed all season. As somebody that also had Matt Ryan, I can attest to that.
0: And I mean, the receiver is kind of a disaster too. Kale, who would be your counter then?
2: Um, he was an expensive pick, but mm-hmm. I think it's hard to go anywhere outside of Jonathan Taylor here. I mean, he won people leagues. so.
0: No, I mean, it's hard to argue, especially in standard scoring. He is significantly um, ahead above the rest, especially once Derrick Henry went out. If you look at PPR, it levels out a little more, but you're still talking almost 50 points more than Austin Eckler, who's second. And, um, you know, almost 70 points than Joe Mixon, who would be third there. So I think there's a. I mean Jonathan Taylor was really spectacular this season, yeah. I mean, the other
2: name I would just throw out there that doesn't just deserves an honorable mention to me is terms of value because you could have gotten him pretty late as Leonard Fournette was a hell of a fantasy player this year, and you probably were able to take a flyer on him in later rounds just because of his position on that offense and everything. So,
0: yeah. no, I agree with both of you, Fournette. Big game Lenny definitely deserved to be in there. I would throw out James Connor as well. Uh, James Conner, you should have been able to get really late, kind of that classic throw in. And then once Chase Edmonds went out, he really became a viable top six to 10 fantasy option this season. Um, and you, of course, a great story there. A name that we'll probably revisit when we do some of our more off the wall awards. Uh, he'd be a great candidate for comeback player of the year.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, Finally, a coaching staff uses him to his abilities, and it's like, hey, we have this super versatile bag with great hands, and he's you know, versatile out of the backfield. Maybe we should do a little bit with that. Oh, it's so frustrating when there's good players that just get used wrong.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Um, I mean, we're going to have another candidate for comeback player of the year in the wide receiver category, because I think... And this is going to be another really interesting debate because, um, I mean, Antonio Brown was phenomenal value, Uh, Jamar Chase as a rookie, phenomenal value, and much like uh, the case was made for JT just being a head, like head and shoulders above the rest, you could kind of make that same argument with Cooper Cup. But I would give my wide receiver MVP to Debo Samuel who has really come on as of late um, has been right there with Devontae Adams and Justin Jefferson and the other wide receiver freaks as far as PPR production. Again, it feels almost
2: like like cheating though, because they use him in the backfield so much. So you basically get running back production out of that position every week, even though he's listed as a wide receiver, but value wise, you're right. I mean, even coming into the season in dynasty leagues, I think Brandon Ayuk in my dynasty league went rounds and rounds ahead of Debo Samuel, yep. and obviously that has proven to be not that Ayuk is not a good player as well, but Debo Samuel is one of the most versatile weapons in this league, and they use him as such. And when he's healthy, oh boy, is he a monster! So hard to argue there. I like that pick, Dre.
0: And I mean, Justin. Now this is two categories in a row kind of these hybrid running back wide receivers corderel debo i don't think this is a coincidence i think this will become more commonplace especially as we're drafting like 20 wide receivers per year who it's like well geez they might they should have had a top 100 grade they project as future starters gotta find ways to get these guys touches and that's kind of becoming the new
1: mold well it's it makes me really intrigued by guys moving forward like you know, Kadarius Tony and, and people like that who could potentially do very similar things. And I think it's just a testament to NFL coaches finally being willing yeah. to be flexible. You know, they're like, you want to know what? We can just have one weird package or one weird play where we take advantage of a guy's skill set. Whereas, you know, I feel like 20, 25, 30 years ago, these coaches were like, well, that's, that has nothing to do with, you know, our the mm-hmm. foundation of what we do. Right. That's a wasted time. And it's not it's not a wasted time. These guys are freaks. You know, let them use their skill set. So, great to see coaches finally doing it.
0: Yeah, 100%. He's missed one game all year. Double digits every game this season. Starts the year off with 39.1, uh, 31.9, excuse me, and last week 28.1. So, top to bottom just a uh, monster monster yeah. is that a consensus
1: everyone did i make a good enough case for debo here i have I no have qualms cooper cup, but i don't have yeah, any issues yeah. with it just with the flexibility and he's a more fun player and it's not like cooper cup's not gonna get his due at this point he, he he and jonathan taylor are more than you know gonna get the praise that they deserve
2: yeah i mean cooper cup was a monster this year but if we're talking value he probably cost you a first round or a second round pick too so
0: Yeah, I think you were getting him around round two or three. I mean, the hype wasn't like insane on Cooper Cup. But yeah, I mean, the season he's had is like otherworldly. He's another guy who's straight up winning people leagues. um, He doesn't get the
1: credit for like how athletic he is. And it's probably because he's a white receiver thing, you know, but you know, he's so crafty. He's the side. no he's out there. Like they know that he's getting the football and he's running past dudes. Mm-hmm. He is a freak. He is so much fun to watch. No, It's,
0: it's like after the catch stuff has been incredible, incredible. I mean, I also
2: think part of it is they used him in the slot almost exclusively to start his career. So people are like, oh, think of him as like a Wes Welker type, all that, even though that's how they think of it, where if you actually watch the Rams, that's not how they play him. He's used all over the formation now and is just a monster. And yeah, like people want to use crafty, but he's just like a white slot receiver. So those are the words people are used to use talking about him, but he is like he is like 6'2", six, 6'3", two, six, like 225 exactly. and runs
0: like exactly. a 4'5". Like he's a monster. Yeah. No, and <laughs> he was always like, well, yeah, he's got the skill set of a slot, but he's built like a number one wide out, and he's really shown that. I mean, this year he's kind of put that all together, and it's like, okay, uh, there's no stopping this human. So um, definitely Cooper Cup ha- has to be in that conversation. No ifs, ands or butts um and then we'll close this out with our tight end award where if you look at standard scoring it's more or less what you expected mark andrews Travis kelsey george kittle now as the top three scoring guys did not feel like that most of the year it
2: was a weird year for tight ends um In general, like it, it kind of feels more normal because the last like four or five weeks that have really, really mattered, you've gotten big performances out of Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Mark Andrews, sort of what we already always expected. But throughout yeah. the year, those guys were putting up duds and it was kind of making no sense. Travis Kelsey looked like a waste of a first round pick for the first time in years. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no idea who I I'd, can I just shout out my dad, Pat Pryor move? Do because it. he was undrafted. I picked him up in like week five and he started like half the season for me. So yeah, you've been all in on Pat Fryer. <laughs> <laughs> He's my guy. I like, I like him. Um Plus he just, he played really well for me this year. Uh, who else was really good fantasy tight end wise this year out of nowhere? I don't know. You Noah fan had, had a couple Dalton of big Schultz weeks. Up there. Yeah.
1: Dallas. I mean, people Schultz, kind of yeah. expected him to be big this year, but he ended up being that tight end for at times outshining, what is a really talented wide receiving core. Some of that was impacted by, you know, Gallup was injured for a lot of the season. Amari Cooper missed a lot of time with COVID stuff. Then CD lamb missed some time with COVID. So they haven't really, you know, had a lot of time where they're all out there, but Dallas Schultz, you know, kind of the, the new Jason Witten, which is a corny award I came up with the Jason Witten award, which is the Dallas Cowboys tight end. That just always seems to be wide open.
0: (laughs) I mean he's not that far off what Kittle did obviously Kittle playing way fewer games but considering where you drafted Schultz it's him or maybe Gronk yeah who is Gronk still was still on name great. alone getting overdrafted but gosh I mean he, he was the number four or five tight end in all of fantasy. Hard target. Wasn't
2: wasn't crazy consistent, but Dawson Knox had a couple of huge weeks that put him in this in this conversation as well. I mean, he had a couple of weeks where he went off for what 30 plus from the tight end position, which is crazy.
0: So Oh yeah. I mean, he on Thanksgiving, he ended a couple weeks and like the week had barely started. You you were barely digesting your turkey and it was like okay. (sighs) On to next week, because you're done. You played Dawson Knox. (laughs) You're done. That's uh, actually what Zachary Castor did to me that week. Uh, That was fun. So, um, yeah, there are your awards. We're going to get into some of these other awards you've all already hinted to. But, of course, before we get into that, if you're a hardcore fantasy player, if you know football. uh, I don't know what you're doing not using DraftKings Sportsbook, the king of sportsbooks. Right now, holiday season, all sorts of amazing offers. Uh, what are they offering new users? They've updated the uh, the read, and I, I I've barely even been on the app yet. I think I think there's some five to win two hundred here in play. Um, it's going live well, read. We're yeah we're 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 getting that we're getting that squared away. But they are the king of sports book, of course. The app, best to use, all the lines they provide. Uh, There's really nothing like it. And then when you sign up using code DNVR, they will match that first deposit bonus up to $1,000. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised of first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call one 800 Five two two forty seven zero zero
1: For the record, new customers at Draftkings. If you bet on any NFL playoff game, bet five dollars. If they win, you're going to win two hundred dollars in free bets. So big time opportunity to, to really boost that bank deal. account right off the bet. Make sure you are using the code DNVR when you sign up, so we get credit, you get that deal. then listen to the bets pod, get yourself a winner
0: there you go easy as pie all right guys let's get into these wacky awards you've all proposed i will try to give some candidates of my own as you guys throw these at me um who wants to start Yours, start. yours are almost more conventional justin should we save those for later and have kale start us off sure um this is this is my uh the
2: your league made fun of you for stashing him on your bench all year but it ended up working out for you award and i gave this to sony michelle Mm. stashed him on my bench he was a zero in a lot of straight weeks but by the end of the season he was putting up 20 points for me every week so Mm. shout out you sony michelle I knew he had the upside as a number one back in a McVay offense, and I just kept riding that, and people were like, dude, drop him. You don't need him. And I was like, I'm going to stash him.
0: That really worked out. <laughs> um, that's kind of a great candidate right there. <laughs> Would you have one, Justin?
1: I I didn't have anybody that I stashed this year, but I'll get my next award, the uh, the Drew Locke Award, which is a player where if you got fantasy points for dance moves... You would rack it up, but when it comes to being an actual quarterback, not so great. And uh, that goes to Baker Mayfield of the Cleveland mm. Browns, who for most of the season, I mean, at least he's funny on commercials. I guess that's his selling point at this point. You know, he's a great TV actor in his future, but I'm not so sure he's going to be an elite NFL quarterback. <laughs> Four picks, so... Hope he he had a better Christmas night than he did on Christmas Day because that was brutal to watch.
0: I thought you might go chase Claypool on that one.
1: (sighs) He would have been another great candidate. Or uh, really, Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, a, a lot of Pittsburgh Steelers could win that award.
0: And when you gave your first award, I was thinking Alexander Madison, Kale. Oh, He's that's a, a
1: great one. That that's what I too. To. I guess I did stash him because I had Dalvin Cook, but you have to. You can't take Dalvin Cook without having to. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The one you gave was much less obvious.
2: Yeah. Um, all right. The next one I have is I already mentioned this guy, but the Philip Lindsay Award. And this is for a guy no one had heard of coming into the season, but might have won you a couple of weeks. And I gave that to my guy Pat Fryermouth.
0: Hmm. Kendrick Bourne comes to mind for me. That's a great one. That's a great yeah. one for that. He, he had some good <laughs> ones for sure. Um keep it rolling Justin, your award.
1: Here's the Buyer's Remorse award, which is <laughs> Why did oh, I draft no. this guy? It's when you know all the problems going in, but you take you do it anyways and it's Saquon Barkley of the New York Giants and I hate to do it oh. because one of my favorite college football players to watch of all time going to be one of those, you know, what ifs, what, if, what if he had just stayed healthy? What if he had landed somewhere else? Maybe it's all different, but he is going to finish the season with less fantasy points than Devonte Booker yeah. and guys, guys, you know, they, they probably weren't taking him in the first round, hopefully, but he was still going much too high. And then the other candidate I would maybe throw out here is Christian McCaffrey, but, he got a little bit more production than Barkley did this year, so I, I cut him some slack. And he's a local guy, so I'm being a little bit biased. But the buyers McCaffrey. are more sword Saquon Barkley. Yeah,
2: Christian McCaffrey cost you a top three pick this year, though. Yeah, that's tough.
1: That's a good point. True. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's true. Point.
0: I would uh, I would give that to Darren Waller simply because it, it's a combo of drafting a Raider. And a tight end in the top ten and major bias remarks. both accounts.
2: This next one I have is an incredibly specific award, but uh, the Calvin Johnson Award, and it's for being a dominant fantasy football player despite being on a horrific, uh, league worst Lions offense, and it can only go to DeAndre Swift. But shout out you, DeAndre Swift, for being a great fantasy player despite being on the Lions.
1: Maybe a link from Monroe St. Brown, too. He's yeah, he true, on true. this last month.
0: Hawkinson had some moments. If this wasn't exclusive to the Lions, I would love to throw out a candidacy for Hunter Renfro. Oh, that's a who, great one. On an abysmal Raiders team <laughs> is now like third all-time single season receptions for the Raiders franchise with uh, you know Jerry Rice and uh and Brown, insane stuff. insane, Absolutely stuff. crazy. Yeah. Those are good ones, guys. Uh, Justin?
1: Yeah, the, this is the last one I have as far as the wonky ones go. But the F it, he's fun award. This is a, a guy where you you know he's not going to get you a ton of fantasy production from week to week from various reasons, whether it yeah. be he's the number two, whether it be he's just not getting the touches from the coaching staff. You don't care because you want this guy on your team because he's fun to watch. That's Javante Williams, the Denver Broncos running back. Yeah. Yeah. Look, everybody knows the, the run game's been inconsistent and a, a lot of that probably falls on a wonky offensive line and the coaching staff. But is there anybody that's more fun? Like if you were if you're a fantasy hunter, just be like, oh, this guy rules as he gets you an extra three, four points from just sheer effort.
2: No, that's a great that's a great pick.
0: That's a great one. Um, I feel like Jamar Chase might kind of qualify. Jamar Chase so is a boomer fun watch. watch. Yeah, really fun watch. Yep, You just kind of want stock in Jamar Chase every Sunday. So if he does cool stuff, you benefit from it. Agreed. I think that's... this
1: one is obvious. Um, The player we were most wrong on, Dre and I, we already, I mean, we did a whole podcast on this already. Yeah. We're pretty down on Jonathan Taylor. And then, I mean, we, we were oh. wrong. There's really just no yeah. way, other way to say it. He, he was a beast, ceiling way higher than I ever expected. Sorry about that one. But the other one I threw out there is Gronk, who I just didn't think was going to be a factor this year and ended up being a, a pretty consistent fantasy option.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, this good ways segues nice into my last award, which is the What the Fuck Happened Award, and I'm giving that to Alan Robinson um, because what? out of nowhere drops off to not even like being a top 100 yeah. fantasy wide receiver
0: yeah not good not good yeah I think um to some extent uh, some people might have felt that way about OBJ um I mean I kind of feel Mahomes is the most emblematic of that award this football season by the way, I thought of another fun guy I love being invested in, even though he's not the sickest, Ramondre Stevenson.
2: Oh, oh that's yeah.
0: another guy. It's like pencilers. Ramondre. There's a lot of fun young
1: backs right now that yes. just play a little bit more physical kind of throwback types.
0: The run game, uh, making a serious comeback for sure. And I then you had some more conventional uh, awards for us, uh, Justin.
1: Yeah, these were just, you know, your typical, you know, standard awards um MVP overall, which I mean I think Jonathan Taylor's a, a strong case. I gave it to Cooper Cup just because I mean three hundred and ninety one fantasy points, number one overall, averaging twenty six a week, like we said, he yeah. defenses know he's getting the ball. There's nothing you can do about it. He's one of those guys, if you're going up against him, it's just like, well that's cool. There's a possibility he's gonna score more than my receivers combined. And right. he's pretty much yep. done that on a weekly basis. So he is my MVP for the season.
0: I like that overall. I mean, especially if it's between him and JT, you had to spend a top pick on JT. Cooper Cup, again, second round, maybe even early third, you were getting him. So I think that really is gonna level out that award for sure.
1: Um, I also had or do you have an MVP, Gail?
2: Uh I mean, you'd mentioned the two guys I would give it to, so.
1: Okay. Uh, Rookie of the year, though, I think is kind of an interesting debate because you could give it to Najee Harris, who, despite having no talent around him in the trenches, really at the skill positions or at quarterback, has been the number four producing fantasy running back, number 20 Mm -hmm. overall. You could also give it to Jamar Chase, who, I mean, has, has just been a freak and if anybody had any doubts after a couple of drops in preseason, I think he's completely put all that yeah. to rest. And I, I wonder if more call it, or more NFL teams are going to try and draft quarterback receiver combos, just seeing the way this has transitioned seamlessly. But I gave it to Najee Harris just because of the lack of talent around him. I think Jamar chase is in a much better position. Got a good young quarterback. That line was better than expected. Joe Mixon, obviously it's just a good offense.
2: I, I don't know. I think I'd take Jamar above Najee in Dynasty moving forward just because of the shelf life on receivers. Um, but for this year specifically, I think I'd have to give it to Najee Harris.
0: Yeah, and I mean, Waddle made a late push. Mac Jones was borderline startable a lot of weeks at quarterback for you. Fryermouth, of course, I mean, was, you know, borderline a top 10 player at his position with much less hype, but I think... Just based on the raw numbers, Najee Najee really lived up to the hype. And I was super skeptical that he'd be able to do it in that offense with all the limitations that the O-line and quarterback have. And to his credit, he was still a top it's, 20 performer. In all it's areas. just
2: surprised me how good he is at catching passes. And don't get me wrong. Mm. A lot of them are dump offs and screens, but he knows how to run a route tree mm. from his position. He's awesome on wheel routes and he's got the speed where he kicks it on those afterburns gets a lot of yards after a catch. So in PPR leagues moving forward, you got to feel as stoked on that as you can.
0: Yeah. No fun to tackle that guy in space either. So it's, it's one of those where, you know, uh, he, he's going to get you some, some yards after the catch as well um did you want to get into comeback real quick
1: oh yeah comeback player of the year this one there are a couple of different options but yeah i i ended up going with leonard Fournette just because the way he was able to produce and and be like a top 10 fantasy running back i think completely shattered what most people expected him to do i mean i i think he was draftable in most leagues but I, I don't think anybody expected him to be a guy that would put up 260 points this year.
2: Yeah. I have no qualms with playoff Lenny being in there. Um, I would probably give it to Cor- Cordero Patterson. You kind of have to, I mean, the guy was undrafted. People thought, I mean, the guy had a breakout year in fantasy at like the age of 30. That's kind of wild. Um, so comeback player of the year just feels fitting to me for what he did in fantasy this year. Yeah. I give him this I Sorry. Out. I said his like, name wrong.
1: No, you're okay, but you can... That It's kind of interchangeable, like, you know, surprise guys. I think those two are probably right. two of the most surprising players in the entire league.
0: And Debo would be up there, and Dak had his moments where he would have been in the running, and I think uh, fell out after a while. So, But those are the big names. And, I mean, guys who really, like, change leagues.
1: All those Yeah, things, I mean, so. legitimate starters. So it's just yeah. a interesting situation. Then maybe... One more surprise I guess you could throw out there is going to be Tony Pollard of Dallas who obviously still had to split carries with Zeke Elliott but was a very productive player this year.
0: Yeah, for sure. He's a guy to monitor going forward in a major way. Um, If we wanted to look forward to a dynasty, gun to your head, who would be your number one rookie selection going into next year? uh,
1: Number one rookie? yeah
0: i think it will come down to there's a lot of options at wide receiver uh drake london the ohio state kids kenneth walker the running back out of michigan state's going to be your top candidate there and then quarterback you got to kind of see how they get drafted but malik willis matt corral sam howell carson strong those kind of guys desmond ritter Those will all be in the running. I would probably lean wide receiver and I might just roll the dice on the highest upside and go with a guy like Drake London. Him and Olave.
2: I'd probably go
0: with one of the Uh two. Uh
2: I like them both. I mean, I I've been into Olave for like three years. um, So I hope he ends up being the NFL player. I think he can be. Um, I, he's my runaway number one wide receiver on the board this year, but I understand why people love Drake London too. So I don't know if I'd go with one of those two guys. Justin I think Drake London's a out.
1: great choice. Just the ability to, to make contested catches is, is, is absurd. He's so physical. I do think Kenneth Walker's game translates really well to the NFL. So I think he's a, another great selection mm-hmm. too. And I mean, a little bit of a Homer a Homer's pick, but, honestly, Trey McBride, like a guy whose game is just going to translate to the next level. And if he can end up in the right situation, you know, get him with a good quarterback in you know, the right offense could be extremely productive right off the bat.
0: I mean, you're not wrong. Also, we should say Jameson Williams, right? That that's his name. The Bama wide receiver, maybe uh, will be the one to give Drake London a run for his money. I, I think comparable to Henry Ruggs' speed with twice as much production in that Alabama
1: offense. uh, That's a good way to put it. He's kind of like if Ruggs and Judy while at Alabama had a hybrid player kind of somewhat in between. Maybe not quite as nasty as the shiftiness as Judy, but still the ability to break tackles and and create separation from the defensive back is absurd. and He just catches everything. He just feels like he's always open downfield.
0: 100% so there you go fellas it's been a pleasure doing this all year thank you all for tuning in um and yeah keep us posted on how you do this season let us know stay tuned for all of uh the mvr's great stuff on all our networks and uh just a luck if you're in your finals or uh on your upcoming drafts and what have you